Welcome back. Rap City Podcast, episode 34. Kitsch, to know me, are joining me shortly. We break down the Raps game seven loss. We talk about where the Raps are headed. We talk about the NBA, where the NBA is headed, where the finals are headed, who we want to see uh, in the finals. But really, the uh, the first 20 or so minutes are all about the Raps and you know, just the disappointment of their season coming to an end the way it did. And we really dive into Nick Nurse and his extension and what it really means and how well did Nurse uh, manage the situation. And I think the overwhelming thought processes or thought to this is that Nurse should have or could have done more to help the team get past the Celtics. But, you know, it is what it is. We are where we are. It's disappointing. We'll fight through it. We'll figure it out. And hopefully we'll move on to a season next year where it's uh, we're equally competitive, but we'll see. It's it's hard to imagine that's the case with the current lineup. Uh, with that, we move into the NFL season one. Awesome. NFL is back. Gambling is back. That's exciting. Uh, we move into our gambling segment. We don't get into the pop culture segment this week, which we've been promising, but we will get there very shortly. Uh, and then it's basically what drives you crazy and AOB. So it's way longer than it should be for that limited agenda, but you know, we're doing what we can. So hopefully you enjoy it. And for the very last time, Coach Rudy Tomjanovich will tell you what it's like to have the heart of a champion. But this is it because it's over because we don't have that heart anymore. So, Coach, for the last time, take us home. No one has ever done what this team's done. Come from the sixth seed, uh, down in series. Uh, one, we won nine road games, and we had non-believers all along the way. I have one thing to say to those non-believers. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Kitch! Bart Michael da Hanoi. <laughs> you know what? So if we'd done this four days ago, much different entry. Oh. You know, this that entry's gonna make Johnny happy. So I'm glad that you could recover. But let me just start by saying I've I'm almost recovered. It bothers me. I I can't even watch basketball right now. I'm not even excited about the Heat uh, Celtic series, which I should be. So we're going to start here with everyone's you know dissertation on the end of the rap season, that last game. So, Deno, give us the four one one on how the rap season came to an end. Well, I agree, Bart. It's, it's been four sleeps. So I went and got severely intoxicated Saturday to get over it. So I, I think I think that helped. You know, all that I all I really hate is is kind of how we lost. Like we were the younger team down the stretch. Boston, I read Boston didn't score a field goal in the last four minutes and 45 seconds. Yep. Like, how is that even possible? And we didn't really do much better, right? We got a couple field goals and stuff, but we had so many, so many bad turnovers and stuff. So I, I just hate how we lost. If we would have won by, you know, both teams played well and then, I, then I'd be fine with, but, but just the, the turnovers and the Siakam, like just all, just all at all. We talked with Siakam the whole bubble about how we were worried about it, and it just kicked us right in the ass. So 
that's what I'm bitter about. But you know, when you read some of the articles and stuff, hey, we we had a great great year, uh, second overall. Had a great year, but of course you'd be bitter, right? I was trying to get at work. I'm trying to figure out if I actually hate Boston because they beat us or if I actually like their team. And I, I do actually hate them. I actually hate Smart so much that I hate them almost as much as I hate Philly. Almost. Not that much. But I don't, I don't hate them as much as how much I hate Paul Pierce. <laughs> oh, the truth? The truth. <laughs> the truth. That's where the I'm truth. at, Bart. The truth. Still angry. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Kitch? Yeah, so I'll, I'll piggyback off Deno there a bit. It, right. It was frustrating to see the way we lost. And and I really like Nurse. I've, I'm a huge Nick Nurse fan. But he did not make decent adjustments and wasn't willing to stick his neck out in that series. And, and, and like down the stretch, Siakam was not working. Like he was just not working. And Ibaka, like he was like, how can we not put a Bach on the court for Siakam near the end of that game when Siakam is this? Like, you, when he got the ball, you cringed. You went, oh my God, Siakam's got the ball. A Bach 20 minutes, catch 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That that's a coaching error. That's a, that's, I'm going to ride my horses who, who got me here before the bubble and hopefully they can, but I'm going to go down with my horses. Well, I, you got to sometimes check your pride and, and, and go with what's working. So, that was the toughest part for me, but I, I went through sort of the matchups after, after, and I can touch base on that later. You want me to go back to the matchups later? You want me to breach on it now, Bart? What do you think? Oh, well, let's come back to that. We're going to rank the Raptors here a little bit so we can talk about matchups there. Um, so I'll, I'll give you my quick dissertation on how it ended. I'm still kind of in disbelief how it ended because even though we weren't playing very well, I mean, we were right there. I just... The championship DNA that we've been talking about, it, it sort of just evaporated that last five minutes of that game. Let's so let's break this down for a second because I want to talk about Nick Nurse too, and he got the, he got the big extension today, which I think he's well deserved, and I think he's you know an, an upper echelon coach. But I do think for well, we'll I'll dive right into the Nick Nurse thing. I do believe he fell into the trap of I've got this guy that we paid 140 million to over. And we can't bench him. We can't break him because he's our, he's supposed to be the, our franchise. He's the next guy in line. He's all that stuff. But it wasn't like he was having a bad game. If, it, if game seven was his bad game and you thought, okay, well, he went with them too long or he could have pulled him, like that'd be one thing. But he had a bubble long bad game. Like he was bad from the jump. He never got better. He wasn't great in the net series. He and he was terrible in this series from the get-go. Boston had clearly figured him out. Nick Nurse did not coach him up. Right? That's the only thing you do when you realize in game seven he's off to the same terrible start. It's like he's on the bench. He's the one playing 20 minutes. And Serge and Gasol and Powell, they're all playing more minutes because you're just going, hey. I'm not going down with this guy that I've that everyone has seen all bubble being less than uh, a superstar. I'm not going down with this guy, and he wouldn't do that. And I think somewhere down the line, he's not going to he's not going to do it now. He's not going to do it like as long as Pascal's there. But somewhere down the line, Nick Nurse is going to go back and say, you know what? If I do that one all over again, yeah, this is what I would have done. I would have got rid. I would because just you can't justify it. There's nothing to, that Pascal did to say, oh, well, he did X, so I stuck with him. There's nothing. So that was extremely disappointing. I think what really bothers me the most is that we got out-rebounded, and, and especially on that 
foul shot. So we're almost in a dream dream scenario, right? We get their rookie up to the line. He's shooting two. He misses the first, which is almost automatic. He misses the second. By the way, Ibaka wasn't at that stage. We've got to get that rebound. Ibaka probably has to get that rebound, but Norm has to do a much better job blocking him out. Like that was, that was horrific. But then even after that, Tatum comes to the line. Makes one of two. We've now got the ball. We got one timeout left. Here's what I would argue. We have to use that timeout. Yes. You got to get that timeout right there and say, what am I going to do here? Freddie dribbled around for fucking 18 oh, seconds yep. and chucks up a horrific that had no chance of ever going in. Right. Yep. So that's horrible. But I get you want to keep the timeout. So in case they score, they come down, you can advance the ball. But fuck it. I'd rather get the best shot I can possibly get. Like Freddie was obsessed with the three. Right. Get the two. He got the timeout. Dude, they're not making free throws. I totally would do. But even call the fucking timeout to make sure everyone knows on the same page. Call timeout to bring Matt Thomas in. Do whatever you have to. You cannot take that shot. So for all the great things that Nick Nurse or that everyone says about Nick Nurse that we say about him, like he really didn't do a great job when it counted in this series. Like I really, really like that was a, that was a horrible end of the game for him, but it's not all Nick nurse. Obviously here's the other thing I'll say about Lowry, who was awesome, except, and maybe because he was tired in that game, but he, he was taking those cheap shitty fouls much earlier in the game. Like that one where he jumped in for the block, right. Was terrible. That one that reached but he was doing it. Like he knew he was taking fouls and next, you know, it caught up with them. And when he, you know, he's fouled out when we don't need to be fouled. Like, it was just, we had bad juju the whole fucking way. He can't get in foul trouble. He used to always do this. Right. Like, two, two, three years ago, he used to drive, like, every big game, he said, he'll have three fouls, like, in, early in the third, early in the second quarter. Right. And, and then it's like, don't get these stupid fouls. We need you in the game. You can't take stupid fouls. He was. He was taking stupid fouls. And I don't know if it was fatigue or what it was, but it was just like, okay, all the, like I said, all the bullshit about champion DNA, like that went out the window. We did not have it. And then Powell, I mean, cleared the biggest, one of the biggest plays of the game. And it was, it was bad all around. We get the rebound. I think it was a Baca. It may have been Gasol, but I think it was a Baca. A Baca gets the rebound and chucks it to him right away. And Norm, was like, well, fuck it. I got no other options. I'm just going to go bat out of hell straight to the basket. Like, he had so many options there. Kick it and whatever you do, if you're going to go up on the left side, left hand side, go up left hand or dunk it. You cannot go up with a right hand layup on the left hand side of the basket with smart right on top of you. Right, you just can't do it. So, like, that was a horrific play, and it was it was a game changing play. So, it yeah, it was really, and I think that's what down to your point. Like, that's what happened. We went down in such a shitty way. Yeah, but all year we won those games, right? Like, remember that again? We, we had that 15 game win streak and didn't play great teams, but we always didn't play great. But somehow we won those games by three or four. But not, not, but not against Boston. Like Boston had our number. Boston had our number this year. They got they were inside our head, and and uh, and they they came down they came down that way. So yeah, it was it was it was sort of run run by Boston. And I and I broke it down. Like so, I, I looked at after the series and. Even after the series, like we, I know we were there, but we didn't really deserve to win this series. Like if you if you look at the matchups and you do a one on one comparison, so I looked at like team or time, whatever the big guy's name is, versus Gasol. Like time or team, he was much better than Gasol. You mean Tice? Tice, that's the Tice, that's the name. I'm thinking of the tennis player. What's his name? <laughs> Kitch, I played better than Gasol. 
No. Yeah. And then you put Van Fleet versus Brown. Well, Brown was much better than Van Fleet in the whole series. Put Siakam versus Tatum. Oh. Tatum was way better all around. You put OG versus Smart. OG had some moments, but Smart was definitely a better player all the way around. I would say OG and Smart was almost a wash. OG defense. His, his defense. Smart's like the best defender out there. So can I just say OG hit two shots? Smart would make like five or six th- threes in a game. Like he was on fire. It's not as big, but I still think he's better. And then, so the only guy where I think we, out of the starting five, the only guys, guy that I think Lowry was, was better than Walker overall in the series. Oh my God. Walker so, was not great at all. No, at all. one game, one game that was it for him. So they're four to one in the starter. So then we got to, so we have to win it then. And we said nurse, I said, Steven's out coach nurse, I think in the, in the, in the series. So then we have to win it with Abaka and Powell on the bench. That was, if you look at those matchups, we have to have the bench, and I, I think our bench, our bench obviously was better than their bench, which they hardly even played their bench really. See, but I would disagree. I don't think it was obviously better. Like Williams, Williams and Williams had a couple of big moments. Wanamaker wasn't horrible. Like our bench, like Powell only had two good games out of the seven, and Abaka was the best bench player overall for sure, no question about that. But I got we didn't dominate the bench. No, no. I don't think we dominate, but I, I still think our bench is a little bit stronger. But even when you do the matchups, like there's on paper, there's nothing saying we should have won this series. And surprisingly, we got to the game seven, actually. 100% agree with that, except we had, to, yeah, but it's one thing to say we got to game seven and got blown out. We get to game seven and we were there with 30 seconds left. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean, like we had every chance to win that game. And I would almost argue probably should have won that game, like at the end. It just, it was like Powell makes that layup or gets fouled or like that whole game changes. We get that rebound off the missed free throws. That was a game crusher. When that didn't happen, I I was like, oh my God, how do we not get that rebound? That was because you, you like, you know, he's going to jump and just squeeze the guy out. Like you always do. Like, how does he come all the way across the key? And he he did that twice to us in the series too. What percentage of missed free throws go to the uh, shooting team? Well, three quarters of them, they don't even try to rebound. They run back on defense in, in their regular season. It's less than ten percent of those. Like so, just that's just how things are going. But again, then Tatum misses one or two. Like we still have a chance. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Listen, it was a gut punch. But then, if you want to take that perspective of, well, except where were the Raps at the beginning of the year? What were our expectations? Yeah, if someone had said we're in the game seven of East Conference Final against against the team that may win it all, like yeah, we probably go. Yeah, we we take that because we didn't think that. However, in the moment. It's like, wow, we probably should have won. And Lowry, I like Lowry after the game was like, this sucks because we had more to give and we could have easily won that series. And I think if you know what? I know Boston lost tonight. I really do believe the Raps won that series. They're gonna be a game away from going to the finals because it's probably going to seven against Miami and they'd be right there. It's like, uh, I don't know. It was a gut bug. I'm not joking. I haven't cared that much about a loss. That had no financial implications because I couldn't get it. I couldn't, that was the biggest loss without financial implications that I've cared about in a long, long time. See, I was more of the, it was not as, and I think it's because it's ending in football season. Like this time of year, my mind shifts to football. So when it, when it, when, when we lost, I was kind of like, you know what? There's other stuff on now. It's not like, it's not like I'm going to three months in the summer. I'm going to three months in the summer with nothing, nothing going on. Kitchen. I'm, I'm actually angry at you. Like, are you are you a hardcore Raptor fan? And now you're saying you're going to supplement that with garbage NFL football? <laughs> well, Tano, I actually watch football. You don't watch football. Supplement. Yes, supplement. <laughs> uh, 
no, I'm with Deno on this one, kid. That's bullshit. The fact that football on is a it's a nice sort of distraction. It's got nothing to do with like I'm not sitting there going, oh, well, I don't care the raps lost because football's on. Fuck you. Oh no, I, I don't care. I care, I care, but at least it's not as painful when you lose in uh, in uh, May. You know what, Ike, Ike, and Steelzy. You just heard me say it. That's bullshit, Kitch. Now, you're, now you're, it goes by a month, depending on how how upset you are when your team loses. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. We're we're going to talk after this pod. You know what? I'm coming over after this pod. Dano, would you get off your angry train? I know there's a lot of shit going on here. Get off your house now. Get off, get off your angry train. And to me, honestly, like I, I suffered. I suffered emotionally. My family suffered because. <laughs> oh yeah, my staff. My staff at work suffered. My staff at work suffered for sure. I was not happy. I was, I was probably a little on edge. I maybe yelled a little quicker than I normally do. <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously going to yell, but I just yelled a little bit quicker. We're going to migrate off this topic it, only into the next part of where do the raps go from here? And we're going to dissect this further along, down the chain, but let's just quickly, uh, where do the raps go from here? And I'll, I'll start, I'll kick this one off for you guys. I think obviously we're resigning Freddie, but I don't think we can resign him to Max. Like that can't happen. I think if you, uh, Gasol's gone. I think if you can get a Baca on a one-on-one, like a, a, a team-friendly one-on-one, even though he may have the option for the second year, that's going to be totally fine. And then I think you're going to play this thing out with Siakam and you're going to play this thing out with Lowry. Lowry's got a one-year, 30 million left. If it's going south, you cut him loose. Like you just, you you trade him, you trade him for something. You will have to, I know no one wants to hear that, but that's exactly what you have to do. If this team cannot compete next year, which I think it'll be hard for them to do in, in its current form, if we don't add a significant piece, then I think you're staring at before the trade de- deadline, Larry's gone. And I think, I think if you're Masai, I'm looking, I'm I'm listening to offers for Siakam, assuming there are any right now. That might be an overreaction, but I really do think, and you're just you're either going to rebuild with more draft picks or you're gonna have a shitload of cap space. So so Bart, then you're giving up on the Giannis uh, free agency. Well, I don't know who Giannis is, but Giannis, uh, I would think his the likelihood of him sticking around, or sorry, coming to free agency, I think it's smaller and smaller each day. Everything that was said after their end of season, it appears that he's in sync. He's going to stick around. Now, if he doesn't sign the extension this summer, which is like I think it's five years, two hundred fifty. 240 million he can sign for. If he doesn't sign that, then he's gone. Because what are you waiting around for? Right. So I think it's four years, whatever it is. But the point is, if he doesn't sign the extension right now, then yes. I think you, so I think you are still setting your, the, the pieces of the table, getting that ready in case Giannis is available a year from now. I'm not setting the team based on the fact that we're getting Giannis, but I'd be ready for it in case it does happen. Or you don't sign Freddie and then you cut Lowry loose. Who is our point guard? No, you're signing Freddie. We're signing Freddie. If Freddie wants max, if he wants 30 million a year, I think you are cutting him loose. I think you're going to say, well, who else is going to pay you that? Because I don't think there's anyone who's doing that. If Freddie says, I'll take 22 million a year, he's in. I don't think he gets more than 22 with another team. Not after not after what he showed in this playoff in the playoffs. How about the Knicks? <laughs> Knicks, Knicks. There's rumors that Knicks are Knicks are looking around 20 million for him. That was that's what I heard. But if you're evaluating him sort of from a third party point of view, because as much as we love Freddie, he's two dimensional. He's not three dimensional, right? He can shoot and he's got some other skills. He's, he's a good distributor. Like he can, he's going to give you six, seven assists a game, but he, he doesn't finish at the rim very well. He is not going to 
be the the guy on a team? Like when I think of Super Max, like at that last shot, right? Like Freddie couldn't get a shot off. Your your Super Max guy has to be able to give him the ball and he can get a shot off. Pretty simple. But it, it's pretty simple. Again, he probably should went for a layup on that. Like I'm, I, I was thinking about Lowry today. Like, has he had a better year than this year? No. Like, no. Like, is he going to play in there five years? So, no, I don't I don't think he is. Not the way he plays either. He, I don't think his body can last five more years. No, he's going to deteriorate. I think what's one of those, he's like a running back. So three, right? he's gonna, three years? He's going to have a great year, and then he's going to deteriorate really quickly. And you're going to go, oh, my God. Like, no, I think even next year. You could, see, you could see Lowry averaging 13 points next year because it just falls off pretty quickly. So, yeah, I, w- I would be very careful. Well, I certainly wouldn't offer Lowry another extension at thirty million. That's for sure. I think we're either breaking this thing up next year in some capacity, or we, or for some reason, we're still in the hunt next year with the same team that we have. We'll ride it one more time, but I just don't think that's happening. If someone told me right now is Lowry on this team at the end of next season, I'd be like, no. I don't think he is. I think they're going to trade him. So obviously Gasol's going to walk, or we're not going to walk. We're obviously we're not signing Gasol. So there's a we have some space for a decent pickup. Like wh- what do we pick up? Well, what what position do we pick up if if we move Gasol and maybe we don't sign a buck? Who knows? I think, Daniel, you can confirm here, but I think we need a Bradley Beal type. Like you need another scoring wing, right? We need a scoring wing. But if we don't need their center, like the whole center of things, things gone. Right, like, like like Boston, they did play their center a bit, but when they went when they had small ball and stuff, like most most teams are doing that. But would you not be happy to ride Boucher and Ibaka in that position for the next couple of years? I would yeah. be. Yeah, right, so, I can live with yeah, that. Yeah. I can live with that for sure. Boucher playing fifteen minutes a game, even twenty. But Ibaka twenty eight, Boucher twenty, you'd be happy with that. Yeah, just a, a winger like Dockich or something like that'd be great. Be perfect on the wing. <laughs> Donkey, <laughs> Donkey. Is Pascal our uh, our next Eugenie Bouchard? No, no, he's not. No, no, he's not. He's he won't he won't I, break. You think he, you think he's mentally mentally tough enough? He's he's fine. I love to bet a lot of money on him having a good year next year. Like he will have a good year next year. Like I look at this. He got like he got called out by his coach and all the media in the bubble, and he did not rise to that calling out. He actually crumbled even more on the calling out. So that that's my fear with him next year. If if this wreck him in the sense, or was he? willing to be able to fight through this. And that's, I, I'm, I'm really hoping he can fight through it, but I'm, I'm not overly confident on it. So I think we need to have perspective on that, right? In the moment, it was so bad that you go on fucking trade this guy, get rid of him. He'll never come back. Like, so that's, that's a very easy thing for us to jump on. However, when you, when I sent you guys that quote from Lowry, what he said after the game about Siak and when someone was saying, I mean, it was pretty true. Like Lowry got beat up for a very, very long time about his, his playoff uh, inefficiencies. Now, however, he's wired differently. I, I was just going to say, would I put Siakam in the same category as Lowry, someone who can deal with adversity and fight his way? We don't know yet. He doesn't give off that persona of someone who's going to fight through this. As a very wise uh, Raptors commentator said to me one day in, in asking about athletes, you know, the main thing is you have to know, do they have any motherfucker in them? Right? Do they have any motherfucker in them? I don't know. Siakam's got the motherfucker in them. Like I really don't. Like I, I don't think. And based on what we saw there, it didn't appear that he did. But I agree. I wouldn't. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Would I put Lowry, Powell, and OG in a trade for uh, Giannis tomorrow? No, I, I'd do that in a heartbeat. But 
if there's nothing else there, there would I just give up on the guy? No, I'm not. I'm not there at all yet. However, it was a rough. It was a rough bubble. Yeah, and and he, and he does have to get that m- motherfucker at him. Was just based on like you look at guys like uh, like Rudy Gay, great player, but has no no MF in him. So there's guys in the league who are decent players who don't have that MF, and and you see where they end up. We all know Siakam's story, right? If you think of him two years ago. In the offseason, he goes down to L.A. to play ball, and everyone's saying, who the F is this Pascal Siakam? Like, they're all saying, this guy is working his ass off, playing twice a day. Like, this guy got better through effort, right? And, like, that's why I think, like, like when you think of DeRozan, right? That guy worked his ass off. He was drafted. We're going, who is this skinny guy? He can't shoot and stuff. And all of a sudden, he came you know, one of the best spot shooters in the league, right? Siakam's going to go work his ass off. Did he have a bad bubble? <laughs> this disaster, disaster. But I would not under, like, that guy's going to go work his ass off. Like, you can't tell me he's not just going to go and be a gym rat and tell everybody, F you, I'm going to score 25, 30 points a game next year. Yeah, I agree. I think I think he went bulked up a bit going into the bubble. I think that hurt him actually. I don't think he, he his game adapted to him actually putting on muscle and size in the in the in the two months we had off, and I think that actually had an impact. So so yeah, if he if hopefully throughout the uh, the summer, if he if he bulks up now, he's going to adapt his game to it, or does he go back and lose a bit of weight and be more more nimble like he was before him? Well, Dennis, listen, I hope you're right. I really do, and I'm and I'm with you. Like I'm not ready to write him off yet. Uh, all right, so let's let's move away from the wraps into our NFL segment, which is now as Kitch clearly only cares about the NFL now after he's made that clear. The raps mean nothing because the NFL is available to him. Let's talk week one. Deno, I know you, uh, I know you got some thoughts on this because you watched a lot of football this weekend, but week one of the NFL in the books. And it, to me, it is so, it's kind of like basketball. Like I don't notice the lack of fans in a meaningful way. Like to me, it's like, we're back it's a little bit different when they pan and you see the, you see the crowd and that, but to me, it's from a gambling perspective, from a watching it perspective, I'm sitting there going, yeah, it's not turned me off in any way, shape or form. Let's let the season ride. May, may there be no COVID in NFL teams and let's keep it going. And what I would say from this, uh, from the start of this season is I'm a thousand percent right about the chiefs. <laughs> minus four fifty. If you didn't get on minus minus four fifty, guess what? That ship sailed. Because now they're minus five fifty. That's what they are to win their their division right now. The fans I do miss the NFL because, like, you don't have that quarterback covering his ears, not hear a play and yell, and they got to call a timeout because the fans are too noisy. Like I was listening to a show today, a radio show today, and they were saying the decimal or decibel noise volume that gets in the stadium goes to like one hundred and ten in a in a now in a loud stadium, and they can only turn it up to seventy based on NFL rules. So you don't have that deafening roar that really gives you home home field advantage and really rattles the other opposing quarterback. So I do, I do find the fans. I miss that aspect of the game. It's definitely a home field advantage, especially for the good, the good stadiums. Yeah. So you're not going to see those. You're not going to see the offense jump offside or the defense. Like you're, you're going to miss out on some of the intricacies of, of the home field advantage for sure. But I'm just saying it has, it doesn't take away from the product that you're seeing on TV. Like you can sit there and go, What's well, the exact same product that I've seen before? Yep, for sure. Right? So it's not killing it. Whereas I think, again, we talked about this before. Tennis, I think that product was not the same. The fans at the US Open, and maybe the US Open was the worst one from the, like maybe you could watch Wimbledon differently, but tennis was a disaster without it. So, Deno, I know you didn't get a chance 
as being a little facetious earlier, that you didn't get a chance to watch as much football as you would have liked. But where are you on the NFL being back? Yeah, I am excited that we can now bet on football. I'm just trying to figure it out because talking about the home field. So this this week, the home team went eight and eight, right? I, I haven't checked uh, spreads and stuff, but just straight up eight and eight. Yeah, eight and eight. Football, guys, what would you assume? It's usually 10 and six, 11 and five, probably 11 and five, right? 10 and six or 11 and five, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably something around that. So I think there's some possible betting opportunities because everyone, I, I'm a big home home field guy and i think i just got to turn that switch off and really look at you know home field is going to be a bit right uh, a bit of advantage just because you know the the field a bit better but you don't got that noise you're jumping right into the game this is the this would have been good commentary in the backyard gambling segment we're talking about nfl storylines to begin with so deno coming out of week one who do you like my washington football team can you believe the Washington football team is in first place? That's my team. My team sucks. I don't think I knew that about you. You and Mar- yeah, you and Marilyn Joe, oh, besties. Bart Browns, Cleveland Browns, and Washington football team. Washington football team. Uh, Kitch, I know you want to talk about your Pats, so go ahead. I got four four things that stood up stood out in week one for me. I'll take number one: Tampa Bay and Brady did not look good. They did not. They did not look good. I said. Maybe Bart is right. Brady is getting old. And so so maybe that was that was something that shone through a bit in week one. So we'll give him, I'll give him a couple weeks. I will uh, I will wait and see uh, wait and see how that pans out. The Cowboys. What's this Mike Mike McCarthy? Oh what is that decision? I don't know if you if you didn't watch it fourth quarter, I don't know, maybe eight minutes left in the game. They're down three. They're third and f- or fourth and three on the Rams' twenty-five yard line. He'll kick a field goal um, to tie the game up. He goes for it. Fourth and three goes for it. Runs a terrible play. Doesn't get cl- doesn't even get close to being completed, and then loses the game by three. Like that is a horrific. That's one of the worst coaching des- decisions I, th- I think I've seen in the last number of years in NFL football. It was asinine. So that was it. Now Deno was happy because he won his fantasy team because the other team had the kicker and Deno won by one and that kicker would have got three points to get the field goals. Is this the fantasy league that Deno didn't show up for the draft? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Joe. Joe and Deno. And Joe who didn't have a kicker so he didn't pick a kicker for Deno. So Deno really has to grind out these victories in, in the first week. Deno, you're like the Washington football team. Want to know? <laughs> The Detroit Lions. So I had the Detroit Lions in, in a lot of different bets in the week. They, was, they were one of my locks the last week. And all we had to have was the rookie, rookie receiver catch a ball, and he's in the end zone. Don't turn to run upfield when you're already in the end zone. When, you're, when, when the guy throws it to you, you're standing in the end zone. Stay there and catch it. Don't run away from it. Don't get Brock started. Kitch, you know what? You'd be a great football coach. Guys, a tip. Catch the ball. Like, catch that feedback is unbelievable. In, in the end zone, catch the ball. You should have seen him, Daniel. He was actually turning, like to run with it. So he was actually turning to run. Don't celebrate. Don't celebrate. I don't, no, I don't know what he was doing, but he was already standing in the end zone. Here was Brock's feedback after I said, "Did you see that?" He said, "Yes, I lived it." He could have cradled it and fallen backwards into the end zone. He turned like he needed twenty more yards after the catch. <laughs> oh, that was tough. And my last one is a uh, Cammy Newton had a decent game with my Pats, looking solid. But I can tell you right now, Belichick is not going to be a fan of Newton almost causing a fight at the end of the game and pretty much firing up every single opponent they face now who's going to want to tear Cam Newton's head off. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Cam Newton 
theatrics and the Bill Belichick discipline pan out over the course of the season. Well, you know, that's going to be in my What Drives You Crazy segment. We're talking about the Brady-Cam dynamics. I'll, I'll, save, uh, I'll save my commentary on that. But here are my thoughts after week one. The NFC West, oh my God, that's going to be a juggernaut. All of those teams look like they could be, I don't want to say title worthy, but my goodness, they're all playoff worthy, I think. If you buy into Arizona walking into San Francisco, but I agree, they're totally different. They walk into Arizona or to San Francisco. What does that mean? Because they won that game. But I just think they're good. Like, I think all those teams are going to be really, really good. I think the NFC East is still probably going to end up being a joke. Dallas, a lot of people are shitting all over Dallas. I think it's way too early to tell. Uh, However, I must admit, the Mike McCarthy stuff is very Jason Garrett stuff. Like they're kind of, they feel very, very similar in their style. So I think Dallas is probably in a little bit more trouble than we think uh, from that standpoint. And then I think the Chiefs in Baltimore, it's, I mean, it's definitely, that is going to be the AFC championship game is going to be those two teams. I think Baltimore is going to fight through whatever they have to, to get past those demons. And Kansas City just looks, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be unbelievably good. And then, you know, if you look at things like, God, you wonder what Indianapolis is thinking when they had a relatively decent year last year. They've got Jacoby Brissett, a younger-ish quarterback who's not horrible. And they bring in Philip Rivers for $25 million a year who can't win a game <laughs> in Jacksonville, <laughs> which we'll talk to in the backyard gambling second, the section in a minute. But like, I just think... How hard is it to be a GM in any sport? Like there's just, there seem to be so many obvious decisions that these GMs end up making that you go, well, that was a terrible decision. Like how hard is it? Like I would love, that should be a documentary, by the way, on just GMs across every sport and go, well, everyone else thinks you should be doing this, yet you do this and it doesn't work out. Why did you do that? Like it's just, it, it, to me, it's just, it's incredible how this stuff happens. But, uh, and then I think, uh, you know, your Super Bowl champs are my Kansas City Chiefs, who I got at 61 after they won the Super Bowl last year, which everyone should have jumped on. But so there we go. There, there's my uh, feedback on week one. Bart, the NFC West, they could actually have four teams in the Super in the, in the playoffs this year. Uh, can they have four or three? I think they can only have three, right? I think have, no, they can have four. I think you can have all four if they, cause there's, there's enough wild cards now that, uh, that you can, you can get them in. Can't you? Isn't there, there's four wild cards in each division. So there's four in the NFC and four in the AFC. Well, how many divisions are there? There's four divisions. And then the brand, right. and then, and there used to be four divisions of two wild cards. This year it's four divisions and four and wild three cards. Wild, no, three wild cards. I think it is. I think it's no. one extra well, playoff team. Well, still, they could still get everybody in. I don't think so. Well, there's four in a division. So the division winner and the three wild cards. That's four teams. That's a division. Do you want me to do the math for you? I don't think you can. <laughs> well, three wild cards means you can't get a whole division in. Three to three wild cards. <laughs> you know I'll uh, I'll get the, I'll get research on it. All right. So, Kitch, why don't you uh, in the backyard gambling section, which we said we're going to do three picks every week. Yep. Uh, I think we're going to start with a recap from last week and then we'll go into uh, this week. So uh, I'm giving everybody heads up here for the, for I I went through last year's season. So last year, just so you guys know, Bart went 62% last year. So it was well, it did well. Awesome. By the way, Kitsch went 53%, which when you take the juice in was not a winning proposition. And then I went 41%. So you get 41%. So be cautious, be cautious with him on on his picks, on his picks early on in the season, at least. (laughs) So week one, Week one, we had Bart with KC over Houston minus nine, which is a, which is a Winner. victory there. We had Jacksonville 
over the Colts plus eight, which was also winner, which I lost both those spreadsheet bets to both of these two guys because I had the other guy on, on that. And then Bart's third pick, which I think you might have forgot, he had the Vikings over Green Bay minus uh, two. I knew, I knew I went two and one. I knew I went two and one. Kitch had the Bills over the Jets minus six and a half, which was a winner. New England over Miami minus six and a half. And his third pick, which was up 17 nothing with a few minutes to go in the game, was Detroit Uh-oh. over Chicago and lost that one. So two and one, though, still solid. I'm okay with a two and one start. That's uh, that's better than last year. So that's all that. Guys, I'm not even sure who I picked. So please, I can't wait to hear this. Deno had Philly versus Washington under 42 and a half. Oh. I went to 44. I was, uh, I was an over. Your team was on fire and, and ruined it. You ruined it for you. Oh. You, had, you had New England versus Miami under 43 and a half. That was, that was well under 43 and a half. That Easy was like money. Easy. And then you had the new expansion, Las Vegas, minus two and a half over Carolina. And uh, Carolina won that game. So he lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> Las Vegas did not win. Yes, Las Vegas won that game. Oh, did they really? Yeah, Las Vegas won the game. Oh, I thought oh, Carolina God. won. Yeah, no, Carolina did not win the game. Oakland Raiders. <laughs> so Daniel's two and one too. So everybody's two and one after week one. That's uh, that's pretty stellar for week one. I want apology. I had the wrong. I had the wrong. I sorry, Daniel. I had the wrong. I had the wrong. Yeah. Oh, imagine that with your printout. With your printout was wrong. I just kind of went on memory. What was the final score of that game? It'd be about like ten or something. Really. All right. Well, with that, Kitch, why don't you use off with your three picks for this week? My three picks are, I'm going to take the New York Giants plus five over the Chicago Bears. If the Chicago Bears are actually giving five points, the Chicago Bears giving five points. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm taking the Giants plus five. I'm taking the Cowboys on a bounce back, uh, minus five over Atlanta. Uh, I was going to go with the over 52 and a half there, but I, I still think their defense is solid. So I'm going to go Dallas minus five over Atlanta. and. I'm going to take San Fran minus seven over the Jets. I think the Jets are awful. I think the Jets and the Jets, I don't think the Jets, there's a team total under Deno. There's a team total under the Jets. I do not think they will score more than 10 points in this game. Kitch, uh, well done. Uh, and I, I like some of those picks. I don't like all of them, but, but well done. Uh, Deno, do you have anything? Do you, have you done any research whatsoever? Yeah, I have. I was listening to Kitchen's picks. And Kitch, can you please, like, write them down properly and then score them properly. Cause I don't get many wins. So I appreciate if you mark them properly. So <laughs> I was doing some analysis. on Such my, anger. Uh, Such on anger my, no. <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, on my private website, I have tracking all these games and stuff. Right. So um, of course I love the under again. I got Jacksonville, Tennessee under Jacksonville is horrible. Tennessee is not going to score. So sorry. Do you mean the one to know Jacksonville Jaguars want to know? Yes. They're terrible. Oh, yes, okay. they're terrible. Just, che- just checking. Yep. And then even though my Washington Redskins screwed me, that was total fluke. Total fluke. Washington, Arizona, under. And then not showing much respect. Under 46 and a half. Yeah, it's 46 yep. and a half. And then I will take the Los Angeles Rams over Philly as well. Rams. Rams minus, by one. Minus one and a half. Uh, uh, minus one. Thank you. Okay. So, Deno, I, I like that. Now, here's where we're going to go. I love the Cowboys minus five. Okay. So, I'm with you on that. I'm betting the chefs. What are the chefs, Kitch, right now that you, as you have in your printout? Or, Deno, what do you have? Eight and a half. They've jumped to eight and a half already. Eight and a half. All right. So, I love the Chiefs eight and a half. And then I also love the Baltimore Ravens, which I believe are minus. Five, 
Minus seven. Minus seven now. They've they've jumped to seven already. Okay, but listen to me. So those are my three picks. However, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. As a bonus, if you want to be smart about winning money, and I'm telling you, this is now a tried and tested methodology. You are going to take the Dallas Cowboys minus 230, the Chiefs minus 390, and the Ravens minus 305. You're going to parlay those three money line bets, and that's going to give you plus 145. And you're going to make, you're going to win whatever you bet. You're going to get that much money back plus 45. That's how this works. So you bet 100, you're going to win $145. You'll walk home or walk anywhere with $245 in your pocket. So that's it. That is the absolute gajillion dollar play of the week. You <laughs> parlay those three teams and you make plus 145 of your money. I'll tease them for plus 160. I'm teasing for plus 160. Don't do it. You don't need to. You don't need to. Mark, the way you're talking, we are talking like, are, are you doing cash? Like, are you like going around like old school and like taking bets and stuff with cash? I totally should be. I'm telling you, this is smart. <laughs> This is this is easy money. Now listen to me, okay? So I like those. I even like, but those are my three bets against the spread. But on the money line parlay, that's free money. So you bet that it's easy. I I made a wager that starts with an eight, has a four in it, a decimal. There's a decimal in there too. But anyways, the point is, it's it's a good return. Now listen for funsies, all money line. Okay, this is all money line. Pay attention. Cowboys minus two sixty. Oh, they were minus two sixty when I made this bet. They were minus two thirty before, but the other bet doesn't matter. The Buccaneers minus three sixty. The Titans minus six hundred against the Jags. The Rams plus one thirty because I think they will be the Eagles. The Vikings against the Colts plus one forty. The Ravens at the time were minus three ten. The Chiefs, listen to me, minus four hundred. Seahawks minus 220. The Raiders plus 200. They will win it their opening game against oh the Saints. Oh my god. What is this? So I made I made a wager of $150. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's a niner. It's a nine-team parlay. Moneyline parlay. All you do is win. Just pick winners. I'm a winner. I pick winners. I bet 150 that will pay. $12,329. Okay, Bart. I want- and everyone, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to look at one of those bets and go, I don't think that can happen. Not one of those bets you think that can't happen. Okay, Bart. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll make you a spreadsheet bet that- That I, doesn't happen? <laughs> no, well, no I'll, I'll give you better odds than that. So if if seven come in, it's a push. Our bet. <laughs> seven or nine? Yeah, you know what? I feel so confident. Yes, seven and nine. I will win seven and nine. I will probably. The only reason I don't collect twelve thousand dollars next week is I'll probably get hoodwinked by one shitty team. And so, I, yes. I, I hope it's the minus six hundred. Probably will be. Jacksonville. They won for you last week. Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. <laughs> if they screw me, no, Jack. Listen, I'm. Not, I've got to beat on Jacksonville. You bet them at home. Okay. Oh, home. Give us an update next week on that one. <laughs> I will. I absolutely will. But that I'm telling you, that's for funsies. I don't encourage all the kids out there. No. Don't bet no. 150. Don't put your mom's don't put your mom's you know put your mom's account in this. Maybe bet a dollar fifty for twelve hundred. <laughs> That'd be nice. Nice for those kids. All right. So that, that's it. That's our bet. What's the score of the Clippers game right now? They're up by ten. Up by ten. Clippers are up by ten. They gotta they're gonna win that game. 
Clippers are going to beat the Lakers. And then Clippers are going to win. And that I'll be okay with that. All right, quickly, we got to move on here. We are, oh my God, we're well past the make Kate Marcus. All right, so here we go. Are we right into uh, what drives you crazy? Daniel, do you, do you have anything for us? Are you, are you happy as can be? I have two. Oh, two. Yeah. This always bothers me when people have more than one, but go two ahead. Quick ones. So quickly, <laughs> so everyone's done their fantasy pools, all that kind of stuff. I miss my fantasy pool. So anyways, I get my team and I'm trying to do a trade with someone. What drives you crazy is these trade offers you get back from someone. Like they go, oh, you want my backup kicker? Well, um, how about you're starting a wide receiver and you're starting quarterback? How's that? Hey, Orso, you jackass. Like, like, come on, guys. Angst. Angst. He thinks he's got this super, the super kicker or whatever. He wants like three receivers, two running backs for a kicker. So what drives me crazy is in a trade. It's got to be like somewhat, somewhat even. I don't mind on paper it looks bad, but come on. Don't waste my email time. That drives me crazy. I want to comment on that. I, I think I think it's a very that's a very good one for those of us in fantasy football. That's actually very legit because people do do that. It's like we have a guy in our league who does that shit all the time. It's like why would I like why are you doing this? Right? Are you hoping that I'm fucking comatose that someone else is going to hit yes to that button? I am with you. People who do that shit, they're bad people. And I say that because my son Johnny, he's the fucking worst at it. He, yeah, he makes the most ridiculous trade offers. You're like, Johnny, no one is going to ever accept that offer. Why? Like, but he is the worst. And, but I, that was, but of course, Johnny does that right after his draft. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't let week one play out. He does it, but I'm with you, Daniel. That is a horrible look on people. And there should be a rule. If you do that shit and the league votes on that's terrible, like, I think you should have to, to guard yourself by if there's a vote on that trade offer. And it's 80% of the, of the league says, you know what? That's a ridiculous trade offer. You're out of the league. <laughs> no one would do it then. You think twice. The hardest thing to do in fantasy football is to, is to make a trade in week one. That's tough to do because, because you haven't, you haven't, you haven't like learned to hate your players yet. It's like, you haven't like, I got, I got to always hate my team. I always hate my team. Well, let me tell you, Bobby Bart, who is now O and one in both his leagues this year, which has never happened before. He's already in panic mode. He has no idea. Like he's trying to make trade. I'm like, yeah, he is. He's like, it's week one. <laughs> right? He's in total panic mode. No idea what's going on. He's never been in the situation before. Because Bobby usually wins in week one. He's like, well, that's it. I've won the tournament. I've won the tournament. I'm good. <laughs> tournament. What's a tournament? It's supposed to be quick. It's supposed to be quick. So my second, my second one drives me crazy is 1993. What's that part? The last time the Blue the Jays. Jays won, back to back. Anyways, how many texts or pictures of the standings can I get from these bandwagon fans? These bandwagon Blue Jay fans. Exactly. There you go. Get in line, Bart. There's a big line here. And then what happens? What's happening tonight? Bend over twenty to six. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to happen Thursday. The only reason the Jays are getting the playoffs is because they're allowing the whole league in the playoffs. You are never winning in our lifetime. And I hate the Blue Jays more than LeBron James. By the way, can I just say that the Clippers game is the Clippers up two at half, not ten? Well, they they were up, they were up ten. And then Murray, Murray's got twenty-five at half. (laughs) Mm, Okay. All right. Well, listen, first of all, 
let's put a little context around that Jay's rant you just had, because the point is, Deno, you are such a crazy ass Yankees. They're the greatest. We've won 45 championship. When they were shit this year, when they went in their, when they went in their fucking rat hole of losses, it's like, okay, well, here you go. The Jays, who no one expected to do anything, are actually playing relatively decently. And your Yankees are now behind the Jays. It wasn't the fact that the Jays are great. It's that your Yankees suck and you won't admit it. No, they, you they suck. Were they were hurt. Bert, if you want to see what sucks, go to the washroom, look in the mirror. You'll see something that sucks. <laughs> I hate my co host. I hate both of them. He's fired up tonight. I already touched him. I counted cars last week and I got I got pasted. And now, now we got this, these two rants on and this, we're going crazy. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Thank you, Dano. On your last pod, well You're done. On your, on your last ever, what drives you crazy? Well, well done. All right, kids, what do you got? So I'm in a scramble tournament, a golf scramble tournament on the weekend, which we were victorious in. Good event. It's a good event run by a, a great group of guys, but it's a six and a half hour round. So it's a long scramble tournament. We get squeezed out of the turn. There's a couple guys that, that jump ahead of us. So we're, we're a bit behind in the tournament. So we get to the last hole and the group ahead of us is now done. So we pull up the last hole and the group ahead of us is joined with eight other guys. And there's a 10 some now going to play a scramble for the last hole. And I pull up to the guys, say, listen, guys, we're not done the tournament yet. We're going to go play, play the last hole. And then you guys can play your scramble. And I said, oh, we've already hit. We won't be long. And they boot off in the cart. So they just take off in the cart. So they take at least 20 minutes because they're looking for balls. These 10 guys running all over. And I'm thinking, and one of the guys I know who was a, who was a West, who was a member on our golf course. And I looked at him after and he came up to me. He goes, why are you yelling at me? I go, you know, better than that. Like, what are you doing? You know that that is not, that is not acceptable. Did you give him, you know, better than totally, that? Totally. Totally. I said, you know, better than that. Yeah. What did he say? He goes, well, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really agree with that. I said, no, you let it happen. And you know better than that. And then he walked away. <laughs> I was wondering where you guys were, Kitch, because like, we're already six and a half hours in a round, and now we're waiting behind a tensum who's decided to play a scramble ahead of us on our last hole. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you gave the parent, you know better than that speech, to a a fellow <laughs> a fellow golf member. <laughs> you have to remember this guy's probably twenty eight. So he's almost my kid's age. He's almost my kid's age. And Kitch, you got to be. He's like, not 50. You, you got to be 15, 20 drinks in too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're like 20 drinks in at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. I know. We're, but you know we're tired of being on the golf course. We are tired of being on the I know, golf course. But, but it's funny. Like I had this conversation with Becky last night. She couldn't. By the way, a six-hour round of anything, I'm out. So I'm fresh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on edge at that stage too. However, the whole idea of like. I get it. And I probably would have done the same thing. But Becky last night, we we're watching my night football and the after game reporter who's interviewing Ben Rosberger, she's wearing whatever she's wearing. And Becky's like, I can't believe she's wearing that. That's so inappropriate. And all I said was like, I get it, but that's maybe like, it, they're not targeting us, Becky. They're not targeting a 50 year old woman who never watches football to, to <laughs> critique. She's like, it doesn't matter. That's inappropriate. I'm like, no, you're, you're not getting my point. But like, we sound old if we critique that. I like, and then when, as soon as you say, I don't care if I sound old, well, guess what that makes you? <laughs> old. <laughs> Incredibly old. So like when you say to the guy, like, you know better, like you sound like the old grandpa going, and I'm not saying I'm better than that. Like I'm the same guy. Like we can't fight. It's just, that's what's happening to us. It's just happening. You know, that doesn't happen is if you keep having kids, then you never get old. <laughs> you, know? you never get old. 
You know, you feel old, but you never get old. I was at the same tournament, and Ike in my group said to me, he goes, Denno, you're going to live till you're over 100 because your kids are going to keep you young. I go, I go, Ike, that's actually impossible. It's actually impossible. <laughs> this body cannot last that can you, long. Can you get a new liver at like 70? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does, does Ike know what 100 is? Because there's no chance that happens. <laughs> hey, Ike's got, Ike's got data. Ike's got data. <laughs> Listen, Denno, I've had your eulogy set for like the last 36 months. I'm ready to go at any point. I really am. I really am. All right, quickly, quickly. So I'm keeping it sports related this week. This whole Cam Newton, Tom Brady thing, it is killing me. The ne- Like all the stuff that came up the next day, it's like, okay, it's week one, first of all. I'm not saying Brady's not old and washed up. However, I'm also not saying that Cam is the next Tom Brady and that everyone in New England should think this is all going to be rainbows and unicorns. It's just, it's ridiculous how really the commentary is on how you can have a commentary that's so specific or matter of fact after a, a week of the NFL football season. Brady could win the MVP this year. It wouldn't shock me. Brady could throw 40 touchdowns. It wouldn't shock me. Cam Newton could be on the bench in week six. Wouldn't shock me. I just don't think you could be so matter of fact. Like it's one game at the very beginning where there's been absolutely no prep time, no preseason games. I think you have to, the jury is out on everything this year other than money line parlays. Uh, but the jury is out. Like you just, it, kills me that all of a sudden cam newton is the best like even like a guy like bill simmons talking about how great cam newton is it's like holy fuck cam newton they let him go from carolina there's a reason why they let him go because they thought he was washed up or that he couldn't come back from injury or that he's injury prone like it's unlikely cam newton is going to get you a Super Bowl ring, let alone six of them. So, you know what, people? How about chill the fuck out, get a grip, and let's just let the season play out a little bit before we start making these very matter-of-fact statements about what who is what yet. It's just a, it's a little bit early, even though I must admit, I love Bruce Arians calling out Tom Brady after saying, yeah, he looked great in practice, but not so great in the game. Like That's, that's fair. That's totally fair. And yeah. Brady's in that bubble. He hasn't... Like, I think Brady actually did deal with that with Belichick, but never out front like that, right? It was just always in the in the film room where Brady or Belichick would have been like, "Tom, what the fuck? I'm paying you. I'm paying you twenty million to do this. That ain't happening." So, yeah, all new. But my my point is, it drives me crazy these immediate reactions to this sort of shit, especially in this particular year. So there you go, Denno. All right, quickly, AOB. We got to wrap it up. I got one for AOB. Uh, the U.S. men's U.S. Open tennis final, unbelievable. That was so. But here's my thing: tennis should never be five hours long because it's just no one's going to watch it. And I think that's the majority. The majority of people that I've talked to are like, I don't know what you're talking about because it was five hours long. But the point is, at the end of that match, there were two guys who could barely stand up. It was like the 15th round of an Ali Frazier fight. They could barely function. They both cramped up and they're doing whatever they could to survive. It was great theater. And I encourage anyone to YouTube. It's a 20 minute YouTube uh, video of it. And you get the whole match in 20 minutes, but the last five of it are just the, the fifth set and then the tiebreaker. It's 
unbelievable to watch what they did. So there you go. The U.S. Open men's final was awesome, but tennis should never be five hours long. And my AOB Bardis, um, let's update the listeners as to what our, our name, our name change process or I don't think we have a name. <laughs> we are, we are going back and forth and trying to come up with a name for the pod. And we finally got to one and realized it was taken. So if, if you actually search the pod universe out there, there's not a ton of names available. There's a lot of names taken in that, in the whole pod universe. It's funny. I think podcasting is taken off. Actually, we will have a new pod name soon. And we'll be big time. <laughs> Denel? Yeah, I haven't watched a sport since uh, the Raptors lost. So I, I am actually going to watch the Yankees clobber the Jays tomorrow. So my AOB is two weeks left, guys. Only two weeks left in the regular season. Is that MLB? Is that all it is? Two weeks left? Yeah, two weeks left. The Yankees have played 48 games. They got 12 left and five with the Blue Jays. So, By the way, I'm, we're going to recap that next week. We'll recap that next week, our MLB bets, because I'll tell you what, I think I'm going to win. Well, I made one bet that we won't know yet, but I, every other bet that I made in a regular season bet, I think I'm going to win. That's every cap bet. Or you should cap out. You should cash out. Cash out, Bart. Cash out. Well, you know what? <laughs> I already did one of them. <laughs> Cubs won the division. That cashed out a week ago. <laughs> That's all I got, Bart. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Listen, and because the wraps are out, we're back to Kawhi. We're oh, yeah, yeah, we're back to championship Kawhi. The season's dead. Yeah, fuck OG. That sh- shit ass shot. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> so, as always, Kawhi, take it away. Take us home. Kawhi up top looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win. 